Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football won't be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Thanks for tuning in again to Believe in Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. I'm your co-host, Connor Miles. With me, as always, is my co-host, Laurie Fitzpatrick, and we are delighted to be joined by former Jacksonville Jaguars tight end, Clay Harbor. He's going to come on to the episode today to give us some insight on Doug Peterson, who we previously played under Philadelphia with the Eagles. And as well as talking about the team as well with Trevor Lawrence and a couple other exciting guys on the team. He has a lot of ties to this coaching staff, and he knows what he's talking about with this insight. Uh, Clay, thank you so much for joining the show, man. We're excited to talk to you. I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I love talking ball. I love talking Jaguars. I'm uh, going to have to get back out to Duval, you know, one of these days pretty soon. But uh, I'm really excited to talk about this team. I think we're, uh, we're heading in the right direction over here in Jacksonville. Well, I mean, you're going to be like the hottest Jaguars analyst of this season because not only do you have the insight into Doug Peterson, but I think you can really, you know, describe the situation that Jacksonville is going to go through with this changing of the cultures from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson because you yourself saw it when Andy Reid era ended in Philly. And again, Doug Peterson was quality control on his staff and quarterbacks coach as well. Uh, When you were on that on that team and that staff, they switched over to Chip Kelly and you were still with the team through that training camp uh, leading into the preseason. You got to see what happened when that culture shift to a guy who was really an egomaniac college coach. So now you get to see it again with Jacksonville with your firsthand knowledge. What do you think Doug Pearson's culture is going to be like in Jacksonville? And does it, is it going to be the right fit? Was this the right hire for Jacksonville? I think it was the right hire. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of people, you know, were looking, you know, maybe we go another direction, maybe we go another direction. But I think, you know, you wanted to get a quarterback in there, a guy that that, you, that can progress, you know, Trevor Lawrence. And I, you know, I know there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people saying you should go one way or the other. But I think, um, I think it was right higher. Doug was an offensive coordinator. He played quarterback for 15 years in the NFL. This guy knows exactly, knows exactly what Trevor Lawrence is going through. Obviously, you know, uh, Byron Leftwich was another guy that I, I I thought Byron Leftwich or Doug Peterson, guys played quarterback, offensive coordinators would be guys I would like to see in Jacksonville. But Doug has a lot more experience. He's won the big game. He knows what it's like to get there. And um, alluding back to your to your question before about how how this this team is going to be going through this uh, the switch from you know Urban Meyer to uh, Doug Peterson, I think there's there's a lot of people that are excited about it. You know, Urban Meyer, I had Chip Kelly and he came in, he started running the team almost like a college. It was almost like a college team. When you're, when you're dealing with grown men with families and this is their livelihood, this isn't, they're not playing for a scholarship check. They're playing for their life. They're playing for their family. They're grown men. It's a different mentality. You can't run an NFL team like 
a college. I mean, you've seen it time and time again. I mean, you go back to Nick Saban, you go back to Chip Kelly, you've seen these guys come in, they try to implement their college strategies, it doesn't work. They're grown men and I can't really speak to how Urban ran it exactly, but I know Chip was was tr- treating guys and most of the guys on the team weren't, weren't big fans of Chip. He, he wasn't respecting the players as equals, as men. He was treating them like college kids and that makes it makes a team not want to play for you. Obviously, you're going to play for your livelihood because it's your job, you're supporting your family, but it doesn't make you really feel attached to a coach. Yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead, no, go no, ahead. no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's just, you know, Urban kind of had a little bit of a, of an ego in a way. And it was just mm-hmm. like, you know, dude, you came into the NFL for the very first time. And, and now there's, there's rumors that he's kicking guys and, you know, who, who knows what actually happened, but it's, it's, just, it's just crazy because, you know, he, he had so many wins in college, but it, you come step in the, step in the big leagues and it really, it doesn't mean anything. No. So it's just it's it's a crazy environment to go from one coach to another. And it's something that like you kind of live by. You kind of know you lived it, I mean, and you kind of know what these players are going through, too. I bet they're excited, right? Absolutely. It's like for, for a coach, it's like you're going from JV to varsity. It's a big difference. You know, you're in the big leagues now. And I remember, you know, Chip Kelly, you know, for me personally, I, I came in. I tried to be open minded, new coach. And to me, I felt personally he was treating me like like a college kid, he comes in and he, I'm a tight end. I'm a number two tight end for the Eagles. He had drafted fourth round by Andy Reid, number two tight end for three years, have played and actually made plays, catches, blocks, like whatever. I, I, I'm an, uh, the number two tight end. For you the did Eagles. all right. Yeah. yeah. He comes in and he moves me to outside linebacker. So I go from being a tight end for three years in the NFL to trying to play. Not a lot of people know the story to t- try to play outside linebacker. So wow. I go to his office and I go, Chip, I go, hey, I know you got an open door policy. I don't want to cause any distractions. I know our tight end room, he drafted Zach Ertz that year. He signed James Casey, Derek Carrier, brought in a bunch of tight ends. Brent Selleck was on the team. I go, I'm buried in the, on, the, on the depth chart here. I, 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 I don't want to play linebacker. I think it's best if you guys release or trade me. He goes in the office and tells me why he's not. He goes, he goes first off, what, make, what makes you think any other team's going to pick you up? what makes you think you can play tight end for the, for the Patriots? He goes, they got Gronkowski Hernandez. He starts listing off the teams that don't need a tight end. He goes, if I were you, I'd try to make this team as a linebacker. I go, Hey, I, I respect your opinion, but me personally, I do not want to play linebacker. I'm a tight end. I think I can play tight end in this league. And Chip, you know, ended up uh, basically telling me I couldn't play tight end and it moved me back to tight end. In training camp, he moved me to wide receiver. I finished off training camp as wide receiver. I'm playing with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Jason Avant. I'm trying to run routes like those guys when I'm 6'4", 250 pounds. Wasn't working. So so finally, I got released, ended up signing with the Jaguars. I ended up lasting longer in Chip. And um, that was something that always stuck in my head. He said, I can't play in this league. Guess who lasted longer than you did, Chip? I did. That was always something that kind of that kind of pushed me in my head, like prove these guys wrong. Guy that didn't believe in you, didn't think you could play tight end. Guess what? I'm playing tight end now, and you're back in college. Yeah, and isn't there a similar story that came out about Urban telling this cornerback that he had no shot? Or is that is that just something that I'm making up right now? Or didn't he tell somebody that? Yeah, I, heard, I remember hearing, but I don't know the details on that. But I remember Urban saying something similar. You know, in college that might work. You might say, hey, you don't have like you don't have a shot to play here. Maybe transfer. Like this is the NFL that doesn't work here. 
if you're going to tell me that, if you're going to tell me I can't play, you got to release me. You got to trade me. Don't keep me here and tell me I'm not going to play here. I'm not, this isn't, you know, a team that I can make. Show me something. I'm trying to make a team. I'm trying to support my family. You know, you, you can't act like that as an NFL coach. Well, I think we could all agree. Urban Meyer was along the same lines as an ego as, as Chip Kelly. Uh, you know, Doug, personally, from covering the Eagles, I know Doug. Everybody, you know, Eagles fans are Doug, but he is a player's coach. Um, you know, the Chiefs know this too as well. The Packers know this as well. Uh, the Jaguars are going to find this out. But can you get some insight in on that? Like, you know, what? how does that just... I can only imagine the pressure that takes off a locker room, you know, stepping on eggshells around an ego maniac, but then going to this this player's coach that actually cares and wants to improve the guys and, you know, will bring in coaches like, you know, like you, you pointed out on Twitter a little bit ago, he made a incredible staff to build around his quarterback, Mike McCoy, uh, press Taylor, uh, Jim Bob Cooter as the passing coordinator. He's taking care of Trevor Lawrence and making it an easy transition for him into the NFL. Unlike urban Meyer did. So that just shows you right there, what kind of players coach you're getting, but what, what about your insight? Let's hear it. Well, once again, I mean, the thing, the thing you start with with Doug Peterson is, is he's played, right? That's the first thing as a player. I love playing for Dan Campbell's, my tight end coach, when I was in uh, New Orleans. He played Ron Middleton, who's, uh, who was up for some head coaching gigs. He had some couple interviews, I think, as a, as a tight end coach in Jacksonville. He played 10 years. Doug played 15. Those guys you feel gravitated to. They know exactly what you're going through as a player, and you want to play for them. That was what I loved about those guys. And as far as Doug's concerned – Obviously, I didn't have the same relationship as Doug with Doug as these guys will. When I was playing with Doug, Doug was a quality control, offensive quality control for one year, 2010. Then he was a quarterback coach for two years. But my experience with Doug is he would come up, he would, he would coach you up, but he's also going to talk to you man to man. He's, he's a friend. He's a guy that you know you can, you can confide in and you can trust to go out there and go to, go to bat for you. And he knows what you're going through. He's a guy that's going to coach you up. One thing I always remember about him, he's always coaching, he's coaching details. He's, he's, he's coaching, you know, making sure that everybody's technique is correct. He's over there with the quarterbacks and he's with Kafka, you know, Cobb, Vic, all these guys. He's coaching up their technique, taking them through the progressions, but then he's going to, he's going to, hey, he's going to tell them how it is. He's not a guy that's going to BS you, try to big league you. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he is a player's coach. He's a guy that when you come to practice, you never have to get your work in. You know, it's going to be a tough day of work, but you know, he's going to take care of you. He's not going to do too much. He's not an egomaniac running you, running you in the ground like a college. doesn't have this crazy system. He's won in this league. He's done it before. And I think he'll do it again in Jacksonville. Yeah, no. And that I completely agree. And now that brings me to the one question that I had for you. Like, what is a quality control coach? Just some, some guy that kind of goes over the technique. Like, you know, when you're taking it from under center, you want to make sure you have your hand here or in, it's literally more of those little things, one foot in the back, one foot, which foot goes forward, you know, at the snap and in which part of the, you know, whether you're in gun or under center or, or things like that, or is it more like game day prep and, or is that just more of the, you know, offensive coordinator's job or, or the passing game coordinator like what is exactly a quality control coach what do they do that's actually, More specifically Doug yeah that's actually a great question and it's a, it's actually a tough answer because they're basically they they have the hardest if you ask me the physically hardest job on the coaching staff is is for my in, in my opinion is a quality control coach they run through all the analytics they make sure the coaches have all the coverages all the analytics all the statistics from each game, you got to make sure everything's running smoothly. 
Analytics. That's interesting. Yeah. During practice, you got to run the right coverages for the scout team. You're running the scout team. You're making sure you're holding up cards. You're making sure, hey, you got this guy. You got this guy. You run this route. You're doing all the scout team stuff, making sure the routes run smoothly. The defensive coordinator gets pissed off because you ran a wrong route. We need to see this play. What are we doing? What are we doing here? I told you we need to see, you know, sluggo seam. You didn't run sluggo seam. You're drawing up the card for the scout team. Doing a lot of the analytics, like the assistant of the entire coaching staff. You got to be good analytically. You got to run the scout teams and you got to make sure everything in practice is running smoothly. If anything goes wrong, you got to go to the coaching staff. It's like the entry level job. It's going to be the hardest year, two years, maybe even three years of your life. But then you're going to get up to be a position coach. You know, then you're going to be able to do so. You you basically earn your stripes being this quality control guy. Tough job, but it's it's the stepping stones of how this industry works for coaches. Yeah, man. And he was under Andy Reid when he was a uh, quality control coach. That was your that was who he was under. Yeah, he was under Andy Reid back in uh, 2010 when he was a quality control coach. You know, Andy yeah. Reid, Marty Mornwick, Doug comes back playing days. I mean, he played with Brett Favre. He played in the yeah. different days. He's one of the old school West Coast offense, original guys, Marty Mornwick, you know, Mike Holgren. Brett Favre, we're talking those guys. That's that's where Doug comes from, and he that's where his his knowledge originates from. Is those guys, you know, old school like Andy Reid still coaching, but Andy's an old school West Coast offense guy as well. Yeah, no, definitely, and and that's that's what I like to really hear. I think the West Coast will fit good, um, you know, with some of the players that are on the squad right now, like Etn, Lavisca, and just Trevor, kind of running like an RPO West coast kind of, kind of hybrid. I think that that's going to be really cool. Yeah. I think ETN coming back will be huge. You know, I think that's going to be big. I, I, you know, I love um, James Robinson. I think, you know, he's a good running back. I think, uh, you know, he averaged 4.7 yards a carry. He had 220 something receiving yards. I think Doug's a really good screen receiver. We're going to see more screens. We're going to see, um, you know, James Robinson had almost 800 yards rushing. And, um, you know, Dan Arnold's going to have to pick it up or maybe they bring in another tight end, you know, 400 yards, 30 catches, decent stats. But I mean, I know it's tough when your offense isn't really producing much, but he, Doug likes to have a big receiving tight end. I like Dan Arnold. I think he's got, he's got a high ceiling. Hurts. Yeah, but he's going to need to produce more for Doug. And I think he'll get more opportunities to do that. Marvin Jones, I played with him in Detroit. I love Marvin. He's a big, lanky receiver. I don't think he has the natural hands. I think he's big, he's fast, and he can jump, but um, he's going to have to improve too if he's going to be a number one receiver on Doug's offense. Absolutely agree. What's more important than a peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you a peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is, a, is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4.00. Per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe. That's or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's believe to get your 70% off your NordVPN plus and one additional month 
for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN, promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to get 70% off your first month plus an additional month free. NordVPN, have the peace of mind while you're online. Uh, you know, you have some really insight to uh, not only just Doug Peterson on this staff, though, but Mike Caldwell as well. I, I, I was really intrigued by what you said on about Mike Caldwell on, on Twitter. Uh, you know, with the Jaguars defense, it has Josh Allen, who's an incredibly talented player. Very, very talented player. They do have some guys. Miles Jack, you know, I think he's going to benefit the most, in my opinion, from the arrival of Mike Caldwell, especially when you look at what Devin White has accomplished and Levante David underneath him and wow. uh, with the Jets, too. So what's your insight on Mike Caldwell? Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, we got some, I think we got some players. I've been like winger, you know, in the back, back end, you know, coming up and making some plays. I mean, I think we got some players on defense. And I think that Mike Caldwell higher is going to be good. You know, he's, he's an old school middle Tennessee state. He played 10 years in the league. He knows what it's like to play. You know, this guy's a linebacker. He, you know, he, he loves to blitz linebackers. He's, he's coming off of that old school Todd Bowles, you know, in Philly. Todd Bowles was our um, defensive coordinator. I think he played under Todd Bowles and um, with the Jets too when he was with the Jets. Mike Caldwell's a linebacker coach, so you're gonna see a lot of that Todd Bowles style defense. Todd Bowles, great defensive coordinator. Players loved him. I remember in Philly, the players when we had Juan Castillo as the defensive coordinator. The players like, dude, Todd Bowles needs to be calling the plays. People used to say, Todd, we need Todd, we need Todd, we need Todd, and Todd Bowles ended up did call, did end up calling the plays. But you're going to see a very similar defense to that of uh, Todd Bowles from, you know, I think from um, from Caldwell. I think he's going to he's going to impress people with his, you know, his coverages, his blitzes. He's going to play aggressive. And I think that's, you know, a team wants that from a coach. All these former players on staff. I mean, you being a former player yourself, do you think this translates as well as a coaching staff? I don't think necessarily you have to be a former player. Obviously, you look at a guy like Bill Belichick. You know, he was he didn't play. You know, my my one of my favorite position coaches of all time, uh, Brian Dable, who's now the head coach of the New York New York Giants. Guy, I learned more with him. It is incredible. And in, in New England, I was there for half a season. Obviously, the old preseason OTAs, whatever. I learned so much under Dable. And you don't have to be a player, but it helps you to connect with these guys. They, you know, they've been through these training camp days, these OTAs days, they've, they've been in the weight room and they know what it means. And I think that there is a translation there that helps them to understand the players and get the players to play, you know, even harder for you than they would if, if they were with a guy they, they didn't understand or didn't connect with. So I think that'll translate to some, uh, some really good things. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't think the Jaguars fans were upset with the Doug Peterson hire per se, I think they were just upset with the process that led to Doug Peterson. Um, because he, again, as you mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of Jaguars fans wanted Byron Leftwich. They were sold on Byron Leftwich being the coach and being the former quarterback that he is and his legacy that is in Jacksonville. It's understandably so. And you know what he's accomplished with Tampa Bay obviously made him an attractive candidate, but uh, I think, you know, the excitement should be just the same for Doug Peterson. I mean, what he's going to do for Trevor Lawrence is astronomical. I think, uh, you know, my on this last episode's podcast, I was I was stating to everybody, look, I know everybody talks about Carson Wentz's down year and wants to put the blame on Doug. And I know Philly fans on social media are making it seem like him bringing in Press Taylor is a bad move too. But I couldn't disagree more. I think it was more of a uh, two guys that were really you know, committed to winning this league that were very competitive. We're butting heads. That's all it was. Uh, Carson's very tough to coach. 
I just got to be honest. I don't think Trevor's the same way. I think Trevor went, it was already at a winning program. He was humbled by being at Clemson by Dabo Sweeney. He's going to soak up every information that Doug gives him. And I don't think it's ever going to be a conflict that uh, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson had in Philadelphia. I don't see it happening at all. No, I don't, I don't think so. And I know like people are wondering the press Taylor hire, like you got, so you're telling me you got Mike McCoy and Jim Bob Cooter on staff, but yet press Taylor is the offensive coordinator. Like, where does that come from? You know, I know he's, he's younger. He, um, he was with Doug in, in Philly, you know, quality control for a while. He was assistant quarterbacks coach and he was a quarterbacks coach. And then in two, 2020, he was the passing game coordinator. So he's a big passing guy too, a quarterback guy. That's what that's, I think that's why Doug likes him. He knows he can help. He's younger. He can really, you know, connect with Trevor and that'll help, you know, help him in a certain way. And as well as having a young guy that you can connect with in your corner, you're going to have Jim Bob Cooter. You know, who's been around the league. He played quarterback in college, D1 college. I think it was Tennessee. I'm not sure exactly where he went, but he was an offensive coordinator with me, Jim Bob Cooter. When I was in Detroit, he was the offensive coordinator. I liked playing for him. The guy was very informative. He was strict. He he spent most of his time with Stafford. You know, he's coaching up Stafford, coaching up Stafford. Him and Staff, you know, in practice, they're looking at stuff, they're looking at the book. That's who he spent his time with. So there you got another guy that's going to coach the quarterbacks, played quarterbacks at the D1 college in the SEC. And then obviously Mike McCoy played played ball for a little bit professionally. And um, he was an offensive coordinator himself. He's been in the league for a number of years, has had success. And um, it's another, another quarterback guy. So now you've got Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, Jim Bob Cooter, and Mike McCoy all at the disposal of, of Trevor Lawrence. Doug knows the biggest thing that he needs to do is he needs to bring along Trevor this year. He needs to find which guys connect with Trevor. He's got a number of guys there. Who's going to be able to coach him the best? Who's going to be able to turn him into this franchise quarterback that we all think he can be? I think he can, he can, he can um, improve and turn into a franchise quarterback. So I think that was a great move by Doug. And I think it took a lot of, I mean, maturity to realize like, Hey, I'm going to bring in these different guys and bring different things to the table. Press Taylor's younger, you know, he has a, he'll have a little bit different of a relationship, you know, maybe like a peer relationship. And then you got these older guys from have a different style relationship. It's all about how you connect with this guy and who can help him progress as a player, as a person, you know, to lead this team as well. Yeah, man. I I feel like the progression is, is a big thing and, and not just like him being a player, but also in like, you know, pre-snap and and post-snap and kind of going through his reads and stuff. And there was a lot of issues with the Jaguars wide receivers. And like Urban was supposed to be a wide receivers coach. You know, we all saw him doing that as an analyst, wherever he was, Fox Sports, I don't know. But, um, you know, he talked a lot about how he was a wide receivers coach. I watched a lot of videos and yet it was, it looked like a, a shit show out there. Guys were running into each other. And it must have been tough for Trevor to go through his progression. He go through all of his reads when one guy, you know, you're the DB is shaded to your left and, you know, your option around is supposed to be going to the right. And yet you run straight like that had to have been really tough for Trevor. Right. Oh, that's brutal, man. And, and I was looking up um, the teams that had the most drops in the league. And I think the Jaguars were right at the top of that list this last mm-hmm. year. And I don't know if people understand mentally what a drop does to a quarterback. You put the ball on the right spot. It's a third down, you know, third and five. Your receiver drops the ball. You're off the field now. It's like that, that could change the whole game, that one drop. You know, for a young rookie quarterback, you have the most drops. And you got to bring some guys in that you know are going to catch the ball. Obviously, you got to have guys that get open. Before you, before I look this year at guys that are going to 
receivers that are going to get open. I'm looking for guys, you know, are sure-handed and are going to catch the football. Like a, a number of his interceptions were batted balls too. Uh, interception, yeah, receiver bats a ball. I mean, you're in your head. Are you kidding me? What more can I do? So I think that's something Doug's going to look at. He's going to bring in some guys that know how to catch the football and, um, you know, really help, you know, Lawrence out in that way. Yeah, man, there's a lot of free agents out there right now that uh, that look pretty tempting, like starting wide receivers. And oh, they have, yeah, man, th- their cap space is ridiculously high. So it's like, do you think Doug will kind of take the free agency route? You think that he would, right? He, I don't know who brought in like Alshon Jeffrey, um, but bringing in those older veteran guys, I think maybe he he possibly does something similar, you know, with this team too. No, absolutely. I think um, I think Doug is gonna is gonna really hit the, the receiver market and um, tight end market as well. You know, a name that sticks out to me, like who does Doug know? You know, a veteran guy that can help bring Dan Arnold along. It's a, that's a re- we can all say it together. Zach Ertz. <laughs> I'm gonna get my Ertz Jacksonville jersey now. Um, you know, I think yeah, that, that'd be awesome. I uh, I like. I mean, maybe you could you could bring Allen Robinson back to Jacksonville. I mean, you got. I mean, maybe. De- Devonte um, Adams is a pop. they can afford him, man. Yeah. Chris Godwin, um, you know he from Tampa. I loved him. He's a he's possession a- catcher too. Yeah, great receiver. I think there's a lot of guys out there that uh, Mike Williams that could um, come in and make a difference as a receiver. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Doug does in free agency. We got a lot of it's a warm weather city. Got a lot of cap space. Young team, new coach. I think it'll be an attractive place for a lot of free agents. And I also think Marvin Jones is going to bounce back too, to be honest with you. I think Marvin Jones is going to be one of the main, uh, Chanel as well, but Marvin Jones, I think, will be a huge benefactor of not only this offense, but Jim Bob Cooter. I mean, like you just mentioned, I mean, he was his Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. If anybody knows how to use Marvin Jones best, it's Jim Bob Cooter. Uh, I expect a big bounce back year for him. Oh, yeah. The, the year Marvin had a huge year when we were um, when we were together in uh, Detroit. thousand yards, yeah. Thousand yards, a bunch of touchdowns, was making big time plays. You know, he's Marvin Jones is excited to see Jim Bob Cooter on the staff because Jim Bob knows what Marvin can do, and he remembers with Stafford how how good he was playing there. Um, I mean, you can go for a veteran guy like Sammy Watkins, amazing hands, you know, because he's not as explosive as he once was. You know, a guy like um, you know T.Y. Hilton, veteran guy. I think a veteran guy to go along with some of these young receivers would be great. I know Marvin's a little older. You know, so I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, Odell could come back. You know, you never know. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, receivers out there in this free agent class. I think it helped the Jags a lot, helped Trevor. And with this, you know, passing game, with the coaches we've implemented, it really makes me feel that we are looking to improve that passing game. All these coaches are passing experts, quarterback ex- experts. We want to throw the ball. And uh, to do that, you need some receivers and some tight ends. Now, do you think, and I know this is a big projection, and I know it's like it's something that never happens, but if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they did, do you think it's possible if the right pieces are in the right place, can they, you know, make a run? You know, do you think it's a possibility? And I know nothing's out of the realm, but, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I think I want to see I want to see after free agency and after the draft. I think I think we're set up to do it with the amount of cap space we have in, in Jacksonville with some good draft picks. Obviously, you know, you get the number one pick, you know, it's like you're, you're going to have some good players come in and you can, you can, 
you know, really remake a team tight end. I think, you know, obviously we said Ertz. You can um, you can go after a guy like Eric Ebron, who played very well with uh, Jim Bob Cooter. You know, Eric Ebron's out there. You know, Max Williams, big blocking guy, unrestricted free agent. They got a lot of guys out there. OJ Howard, I like him. I like Hayden Hurst, Evan Ingram. There's a number of guys out there. I mean, you could make this whole offense look completely different. It's really exciting. You know, you, you pick the big offensive tackle in the draft, you get a big wide receiver, a good tight end to go with what we already have. I mean, offense is already is by far and away. It doesn't even look like the same team. You keep everybody healthy. You got Treadwell coming back. You got a lot of ETN, you get a lot of explosive players that, you know, been through some injuries. And um, this team could look a lot different. Hey, like you were saying uh, to start the episode off, just to, you know, round it out, what, what, it seems like you're tied to Jacksonville the most. It seems like, you know, Jaguars have a special place in your heart. What yeah. is it about the organization? What is it about the Jacksonville area, Duval area that makes it, you know, that, because it seems like you would, Probably, if you had man. to pick a team to cover, it would be them. Yeah, no, I love, you know, you know what it is for me? It's just, it's like, um, so nostalgic, right? So I, I come from Philly and, you know, I was playing okay. And I really turned, I feel like I really, after the Chip Kelly thing, I get released. I feel like I really turned around my career in Jacksonville. Me personally, I just really focused on my routine, my habits, everything. When I came to Jacksonville, I love the city. You know, I, I, I used to live over there in, in St. You know, town center, you know, Southside Boulevard. I used to love driving, you know, driving down 95, going to work every day, Everbank Field. And I, you know, I- Bank. <laughs> love the bank and it was just the way the the whole organization treated me as a player and there was a lot of different guys in there as well but I just I just feel tied and connected to Jacksonville because of all those things and in the city and you know the players and everything I learned there and and really became you know played my best football there I know something we had we, we struggled a little bit under Gus uh, Bradley in those years but those years you know you look at uh, PFF uh, Bleacher Report you know I was a top 40 tight end for for two years and you know I didn't have great numbers but you know if you're 35th as a tight end and you're a backup tight end you know I mean I was playing some good ball we didn't have the numbers you know I was that's when I felt like I was at the top of my career and it's just really kind of like nostalgic I love Jacksonville I love the team it's just something about that black and teal and gold see it running around that that just has a special place in my heart. I gotta ask you though, you know, Jaguars fans are very passionate. I'm I'm coming to find out of myself as well, but they are very passionate. I mean, the whole clown routine that they did, I thought was hysterical. But what do you make of this situation? I mean, you do, I mean, I'm 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 sure you have some kind of experience or some kind of you know knowledge of the owner, Shad Khan and uh but this Trent Balky situation with the, him being the GM and everybody wants him gone. What do you make of that? I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, that's, uh, that's tough. Cause people have, uh, people have DM me like, can you please, can you please show like Shad, like this, sh show him Trent Balky's record and what he's done for teams. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't tell you what, what everybody sees, sees in him. I, he's got a tough record. You look at his record. You look, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe you take some of the power and give it to, you know, more power to Doug, but I don't know what, uh, you know, what I've never, I've never met him, but maybe he's just uh, you know, he's got a lot of charisma, charismatic guy, but uh, hopefully this year they can pull it together and he can turn it around. But if you look at the past, he's, he's got some teams that weren't very good. 
And, um, you know, a lot of times in NFL history does repeat itself, but not all the time. So, so hopefully they can, him and Doug can, you know, synergistically work together and use their differences and create a, create a heck of a team. I mean, after, after Doug's, you know, tenure in Philadelphia, the whole issue was him and Harry Roseman, it seemed to be on different paths uh, for him to feel compelled enough to, you know, not normally NFL head coaches do not get a third chance. Um, so for him to take his second chance to take this risk to work with Trent Baalke, I'm sure there had to be some kind of assurances behind the scenes uh, to say, hey, don't worry about him. You know, this is your this is your time to shine. This is your team. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about his decision making. Come coach us and we'll take care of you. There had to be some kind of assurance like that, I would imagine. No, there had to be something to where was be said. It's like, listen, Doug, like you're you're going to be the guy that has the final say here. You know, you guys are going to have to work together, but you know, the final say is your yours. And I mean, since 2015, I guess Trent Balky. You know, I, I have to double check these stats, but his 10 and 53. I mean, is that re- that can't be real? I, I mean, it, <laughs> that would seem right to be honest with you, because not only that, uh, he hired your good friend Chip Kelly for his uh, last head coaching hire in San Francisco. <laughs> So this is the second time he's hired here. He's a part of the hiring an Eagles fired head coach. Wow. So if that's, I mean, those are some tough stats to really look at. And, you know, I, I really can't speak on that because I'm, 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 I have nothing to say. I don't, I don't know. It, it's uh, it has to be something that, uh, that was said between shot and, and, and Trent and Doug and, and knowing that, Hey, we're going to work together. Doug has final say, but, you know, I really think that this team can work together. Maybe they both really think that they can, put their heads together and create something different. But I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, so I don't, you know, I don't know Doug behind the scenes. We all just know him from maybe a, the short locker room clips and and things like that. Is he like a no taking shit kind of guy behind closed doors or is he more of like the passive type? Do you think, or maybe you're not sure. You know, as from, from what I know, Doug, Doug was obviously the quarterback's coach, but he wasn't, he wasn't that's sure. It's just like Andy Reid, you know, Coach Reid wasn't like a huge disciplinarian, but he was a guy that everyone respected. And that's the vibe I get from everybody talking about Doug. Everybody respects him. They want to win for him and with yeah. him. So it's this feeling where you don't have to be that disciplinarian. Is everybody, everybody loves you as a coach. Like Andy Reid, we, we loved Andy Reid. Everybody in the, everybody in the team, we, we felt, you know, connected to him as a player. And I, from what I'm hearing, that's how everybody feels about Doug. Yeah, I'm just worried about like Trent Balky kind of there was the one question that this media member asked. I don't know who it was, but it was like, hey, if you guys ever get bulky, if you ever got in a disagreement with somebody and then you step back and allowed them to kind of, you know, say, OK, yeah, you're right. And he didn't answer the question because he he's not a guy that steps back when he has a clear vision on something, even if it's wrong. I just don't want like Doug to kind of like let let him like be walked all over in a way um i'm just i just don't want bulky to be a final decision maker and i'm just hoping that you know shod can see how much these players love playing for doug and he takes doug's word over bulky's and and that's really just where i'm at right now i'm just hoping that you know doug is kind of like nah man like get out of my face you know type of deal or Hey, Bulky doesn't know what he's talking about. I just want Chad to really trust Doug, and, and I'm hoping that Doug can doesn't let anybody walk all over him like Trent. You know, 
I don't honestly, I don't think he will. You know, Doug's Doug's played with, you know, he's coached with Howie Roseman. He's been around this old school NFL for a long time. So I don't think that'll be the problem. And Doug, from my experience with him, he's a guy that, you know, he listens with the expectation not to reply to actually understand. You know, if everybody could could listen to understand and not to respond, you know, just practice empathetic listening, you will you will see what other guys are thinking. And that's something that I think is one of Doug's you know, strengths is he will actually listen to players like, Hey, I see where you're coming from. I understand you. Now you need to take a chance to understand me. And I think that with Doug coming in, that's why he's been able to have so much success. He's a guy that can listen, listen to your side. Okay. Now listen to mine, see where I'm coming from and really let them know like, Hey, this is where I think the direction is. I'm the head coach here. We need to do this. If we want to win these games, he's been around the league. So, so long he's played. Yeah. He's, he's worked his way up. I think that amount of respect that he commands will be um, will be really good, you know, for 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 Duvall. Not only that, I mean, you know, you being a, a former player, when you get into a locker room and you see a former Super Bowl champion, I think you automatically just have that ultimate respect. And like, how did you do it? Like, how can I? I want to be that. I want to get that hardware. Uh, for Jacksonville, I think that's huge to add a head coach with that kind of pedigree that's done it beat the best coach in NFL history, arguably, and took down arguably the greatest quarterback of all time with his backup quarterback. Uh, there just should be more excitement. You know, there, I don't think there's enough excitement because of, like we said, the process that led to Doug Peterson. But, uh, you know, I think when he just walks into that room, you know, from comparing what he, I don't know if you ever remembered his introductory press conference in 2016 with the Eagles, but he was nervous. You know, there was a lot of things thrown at him. Uh, they're the you know how the Philadelphia media is. They destroyed yeah. the fact that High Rosen yeah. was still in the building. But when he went into this introductory press conference with Jacksonville, that was the most confident I have ever seen Doug Peterson. It blew me away. I he looked like he was like, I'm here to win, and that's what I'm gonna do, and that's it. Don't ask me anything else. I'm I'm excited for him. I think this is a regenerated Doug. I, I think they're I think Jacksonville is gonna get the the best head coach Doug uh, has ever been. Absolutely. And sometimes when you step away for a while, like I know, I know me personally, like going from playing to like watching, I feel like I'm so much smarter now than I was before when I was playing because you get to step back and you really get to see things and you see it in a different way. And I think Doug being a head coach, taking, you know, taking some time to step away and really look at these teams, you know, knowing Doug, you look back, you saw what he did right, saw what he did wrong. So he needed to improve on, and now he's coming back and he's corrected those things. and And I, I'm really excited because I think it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect time for him to uh, to come back into being a head coach. And I think it's a perfect situation with a young quarterback that has a ton of talent, got a ton of cap space, you know, a good city, warm weather city that really wants a, a winner. I think it, you know I think it's it's there. I think the uh, the ingredients are there to really you know really cook up something special this year. So, Ooh, you know, I like that ingredients cook up. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I, <love Ball>. <laughs> I heard they got Doug Peterson. They got they had him do it for one of the news outlets interviews and he hit it with a Duval. And I was like, wow, Doug, all right. He's already there, man. He's learning. <laughs> no, it's, uh, those games are fun. You know, we got the pool going out there. The pool's still there, right? You know, the pool up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Connor, you got to work on your Duval, man. Not good enough now, and I, I'm sorry. No, I'm, ju- I'm just starting to cover the Jags. I got to practice on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that. You got to you got to practice on that a little bit. But I mean, we got time. We got time for the season <laughs> stuff. So we'll get ready. We got to be. That's in, uh, what I, 
Yeah, you don't want to be in mid-season form and preseason. You know, we got to be in mid-season form and mid-season. So we got some time. Absolutely. And I I I'm pretty sure this won't be the last time we'll be on this Believe in Jacksonville Jaguars podcast to break down the Jacksonville Jaguars. Clay, we appreciate you taking the time out so much. And again, if you don't know Clay Harper from his football career, I I, I can my girlfriend can confirm this. You will know him from his Plastrolette career because he killed it on that show. Clay Harper, thanks for joining the show, man. We greatly appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, Connor. Uh, looking forward to coming on and talking Jags again soon. Very yeah, soon. Man. Thank you very much, Shane. Yep. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.